When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm content creator Corey Walmsley, the founder of Aurora Corealis Publishing. I'm dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs make a big impact by turning the next page with tools, tips, and resources that empower and connect the dots through books, publishing, and more. Every episode includes me, along with a featured guest on my globally recognized show, Page Turner Studio with Corey. Hello, good morning. Welcome to another episode of Page Turner Studio with Corey. I'm your host, Corey Walmsley. I'm CEO of Aurora Corealis Publishing, and I'm also a writing coach and an author of 10 books. So I wanted to show you this before we get started because I am super, super excited about my latest book that came out. It is The Treasures We Seek. This is a story about Kenzie, who you can see on the cover here. Um, she is struggling with some pieces of her personal story and goes to Italy with her best friend and undergoes this big transformation personally. And they are actually on an archaeological dig while they're doing this, which is kind of an unusual thing. Um, I was really pulled to tell this story because so many people that I work with have these issues that have come up in their past that are impacting them now. And I wanted to make sure that they could, you know, I could also reach the fiction readers because I know a lot of people love to read nonfiction, love to read true, true stories of things that have happened to people, but there are fiction readers out there too who need to go through these changes and understand that this is, can be an absolutely powerful thing in your lives. So make sure you head over to amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com and grab a copy of The Treasures We Seek. It is women's fiction. And yes, there is a happy ending. Um, I get asked that a lot with my books. And yes, I love my happy endings. So we are going to welcome our guest for today. Um, our guest is Kimberly Lane Roberts. And we're going to be talking about how to be strategic but flexible with biz goals. And she's an executive leadership coach. So I love that we're bringing her on to talk about her expertise. This is going to be wonderful. Um, Kimberly Lane Roberts is an executive leadership coach and a peer business group chair, helping people get out of their own way, learn to lean in and collaborate with others, leverage the brain power the brain power of a collective and manifest their goals. And I think we all could use some help manifesting our goals. So I'm really excited about this conversation. Um, I'm going to bring Kimberly up from the green room. Hello, Corey. Hey, good to have you on. It's good to be here. Thanks for the invitation. I look forward to our conversation. It'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to share about your book, first of all, because we talk about books on this show. Um, Kimberly's book is Connections Change Everything, which is such a beautiful title. I love, I love talking about connections. Can you tell me a little about what inspired you to write this book? 
Sure. Um, like yourself and, and many people that become authors, um, and even those of you that are out there that still have that desire in your heart and just haven't pulled the pulled the trigger or sat down to start to write. I I always wanted I always just felt like I wanted to write a book and and I also wanted to write a little bit about my story of some of the challenges I've had in my life. Um what I call character building exercises mm -hmm. and uh, some traumatic things happened in my childhood, which I've overcome and found my joy. And I wanted to talk about that and share that in a story, which was healing for me, but I didn't want to make the book about my story. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the first two chapters I talk about uh, just what had happened and then how I overcome it. Um, but the, the concept is that when we hold on to secrets, it really disconnects us not only from ourselves but from everybody else. So I basically held on to the secret of being uh, sexually abused by a close member of the family, mm -hmm. and so I just had held that secret from my family and really anybody, and and um, that became such a traumatic uh, effect on the course of my life and in what ensued. And so my message is really for people to. Uh, the importance of whatever that secret is, whatever you're holding on to, it, it will free you when you're able to share that with the right people where it's a safe environment, it's in confidence, whether it's professional help or whatever, um, because that really, really impedes your ability to connect. So hence why connections change everything. So it talks about holding on a secret one really truly disconnects you from truly being present and truly connecting with others because you're holding yourself back mm -hmm. um and you're only showing the good side of yourself if you will or the the one that you're most comfortable with that you're that you that you feel people will like they won't like the other part of you right mm -hmm. um so it could be even just you know lies that we carry in our life you know obviously when we're having affairs in our life that totally will affect the relationships right so mm -hmm. it's just really the power of holding secrets how much that really really can um, disconnect you from uh, your relationships. Um, this also gets into the connections that are so important in our life, especially as a leader, because mm -hmm. it's a role as a leader to be able to connect to your team and your employees. Um, so I share a lot of examples in my work career about where I've had leaders that were not very effective, who, though they lived 20 minutes from me, never had a face-to-face -face meeting with me. And this was before COVID, obviously, right? Um, so things of that sort. And just at the end, there are, I think it's 15, 16 correction, I uh, call them Kimberly connection correction steps of ways you can improve connection in your life. They don't necessarily take you know, a day. They're just simple things about picking up the phone and calling somebody uh, versus sending a text, right? Or sending an email. Um, I think people forget that the, the phone is actually used to be able to dial and call and reach people that really, I mean, Zoom is a great technology that really proliferated during the pandemic, but studies show that there's a 3.2 second delay. So really subconsciously, we're not connecting as well as we would be in person or picking up the phone. So, yeah. Uh, so just the whole, their whole need for leadership really in, in this world in general, we we do so many things subconsciously that disconnect us um, with others. And there are simple steps we can do to improve those relationships. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Um, thank you for sharing about your personal story and also how that connects with business success. I think that's really important. Um, and I think it's important for all of us to kind of recognize how our own stories impact that. Um, you mentioned about 
um, creating a safe space at one point, and I was kind of drawing connections here. Um, I feel like whenever we are in person, like face to face, even if it is on Zoom, I feel like that face to face connection does help us to create a safe space. Um, is that something that you've noticed in more successful leaders that they are doing a lot of this, you know, literal FaceTime? Um, well, it's it's not only just being FaceTime, but it's what you're communicating. Are you being vulnerable? Are you being open? Are you just showing up as your perfect self? You know, uh, it's showtime, which is great to an extent when you're out doing a town hall, but also you've got to be, there's a balance of being vulnerable and empathetic in those relationships and showing up and eye contact is so important, right? Um, Obviously, if I'm talking to you and I'm like this, how effective is that, right? Or, you know, even if I've got my phone on on the desk and you're having a meeting with somebody that gives the clue subtly to them that they're not as important because guess what? As soon as this thing goes off, my tension's over here, no longer are the person before me. And so, you know, it's just subtle things like that, shutting your computer down, really caring about the person, not just about what they're forming productivity is at work, but also what about their personal life? What motivates them to show up at work every day? You know, they've got four kids at home, right? And another one on the way, or they love to be able to travel with their wife. So, you know, just it's, it's about getting personal. And I think the benefit of having the pandemic and then we're having now these conversations over Zoom you see my world, like, you you know, you see my home office, right? You know, I could have my dog run across my desk or the cat or, you know, someone's bark, the dog's barking or someone's stepping in, the kid, whatever. So all of a sudden, you know, our personal lives have come into a work life, which I think has also been helpful for acknowledging we're human people. You know, we've, we've got good days, bad days and we're people, right? So um, a lot of that. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to remember. It helps us kind of come back to how our personal stories impact us professionally, too. Um, yeah, I always say in when I coaching, I'm coaching executives. And so they said, you're an executive coach. I said, yeah, but really, executive coach, life coach, professional coach, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it, it eventually, when I'm starting out on a business conversation, eventually gets personal because why you take yourself wherever you go, right? So yeah. it's it's all it all it's all blurred, right? So yeah. Yeah, it's all connected. It is, correct. So I wanted to share your impactful page turner share. I've learned that you have to be flexible, not be attached to outcomes, and believe there is something better ahead. This provides me with a high level of optimism, hope, resilience, and joy. Is there a story you could share about maybe how you learned this? Because I think all of us have that like time when we smacked into a wall and went, oh my God, yes, I do need to be flexible. Hello. Yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple references I'll share. Um, like you know, in the Buddhist Buddhist um, beliefs, they talk about how having attachments are really the root of all human suffering. Why? Because we get attached to people, place, things, and outcomes. Right. So in this particular case, I would be attached to I want to be a CEO of a company or I want to get this promotion by X amount of years and things of that sort. And so we get so so hooked on, white knuckled on, oh, this has to happen. I've, I've yeah. got to make this happen. And and there, it's okay to have dreams. It's okay to want to be somewhere, but you have to be flexible on the timing, how that happens. It's never, it's never a straight line, you know, except if you are born and saying, I want to be an attorney or a doctor or a school teacher, those are pretty direct, but anything else, you know, we're all kind of going like this, you bounce against this wall. Okay. This is something I don't like. All right. This is what I do like. And so you kind of just, 
go there. So it's about being keeping your knees bent because you might have an intention to be something. And then, you you know, maybe you're in medical school and you always thought you're going to be a pediatric nurse. And then you get into pediatrics and you just can't stand the kids wailing or just can't give a baby a shot. Right. So they're like, okay, what's plan B? What's the next step? Right. Um, so, it, so one, not getting overly attached to the outcome, um, kind of putting it out there and say, that's kind of what I'm reaching for, but be aware how you feel along the way and what, where you're being led and trusting your intu intuition. And if something isn't working out, I guess what I've learned is when something doesn't work out the way I wanted it to work out, I have to take a step back and say, okay, take a deep breath. It's because this isn't the right place for me to be. This isn't the right outcome. And I've got to trust that there is a better thing coming down the line. It might not be tomorrow, but invariably, I think if we all look back on our life at one point to things that were troubling for us, you look back and say, wow, I could, that happened for a reason, right? I, I'm in a better place now, or I got this better job. You know, when, you know, uh, when you, if you've lost your career, it's so hard, it's humiliating, right? Um, mm -hmm. But then invariably, you might be what? Starting your own company and just loving life. You're following your purpose or you get a career with something that fits you better, right? So really just believing that, um, you know, it's, it's an old saying, you know, everything happens for a reason, but really believing that what happened, you know, Tony Robbins always says, it doesn't happen to you. It happens for you, right? Mm. Um, so it's happening for you so that you really can find a better purpose, find something fits you better and to really ultimately find more joy. Right. Um, as long as you're paying attention to the lessons that are going, that you're learning in that process. So does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I think it's important too to recognize that sometimes, you know, we don't have to be laid off or be told no by somebody else that sometimes there's already that internal feeling that this just doesn't fit anymore. And we do need to be flexible and understand like, you know, there's a reason why I'm not excited about doing this. Maybe I do need to adjust course and come over here. And I think it's important that you know we're having this conversation and saying it's okay to do that. It's okay to change your mind and go over here now because that's the direction you feel excited about. Yeah, I think so many of us get involved in chasing the American dream. Oh, I've got to be a doctor or I've got to do this, or I've got to make this much money. And, and we're so caught up in the rat race, especially if you get caught up in corporate America, which I was part of, and I was very successful, mm -hmm. but it got to a point where it was like, I'm here. Now what? Right? right. I don't have the relationships I want. I don't have the balance in my life. My health isn't, is, isn't very well. All I do is work and travel. Right. So then it became, am I living my dream? Yeah. Am I living my dream? And that's when it comes to, so, so to the point is when you are living your dream, even though you haven't achieved where you want to be, you should be happy along the way because why you're, you're following your path, you're following, you're, you're heading towards your purpose. So, so I think when you are really on the right path, your journey, you enjoy yourself versus when you're so speak, you know, pursuing the American dream, you're looking for this outcome, this achievement, and you're just miserable along the way because you're killing yourself, right? So I, I think it's really trying to be conscious of where you sit on that. Are you really living your dream? And how can you live your dream and be achieving your dreams and making sure you're on the right path? And if you look at your intuition and how you feel about your day to days, that'll tell you a lot. Yeah, I think that awareness is important. Those were really great tips. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't learn it right away. It takes it just it's um, it takes time. Um, it takes experience. I think as every generation comes along, they become more 
self-aware, if you will, or I don't want to use necessarily use the word spiritual, but they're more in tune with what's going on versus say we were, or even our parents or generation. So I believe generation after generation gets smarter. So they learn these lessons much quicker than maybe you and I would, right? Oh, um, yeah. They're learning in like maybe at 20, 25. So, um, so that's kind of my, what I hope to do for, for women when I coach younger women is mm -hmm. to help them find the joy. I didn't get to way later in life. All right. Um, whether it's sharing secrets, dealing with trauma, but also how to balance out their their drive for a dream with also living their dream, right? Yeah, I love that. Um, just a quick story before we share your next tip. Um, you were talking about different generations and how we've reacted. Um, my daughter is eight and she actually approached me this summer and she said, mom, my toothbrush just isn't aligned anymore. <laughs> it's not aligned anymore not aligned anymore um she didn't like the sticker that was on it she wanted a new toothbrush with a different sticker so i just gave her a different sticker and i was like there it's aligned um but i've noticed like my kids have that awareness and it's because you know generation after generation we're teaching like this is going to help you more this is going to make you feel better let's do this so i love that yeah and so that's funny like they're they're using words that i would have never used like oh, aligned yeah. i'm aligned in my life or i my journey or you know, let it go. Right. So, I mean, phrases we would not have, I would never have used, you know, uh, early in life. So it, it's, 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 it's really cute. That's very adorable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to share Kimberly's being a page turner tip. When you write a book, you need to be very clear about your why. So tell me about this. Yeah. So my why was I wanted to write a book to tell my story. Right. And so it wasn't about necessarily, making a million dollars. It wasn't necessarily about selling a bunch. It was, you know, that for me, that was my why. Um, I think you've discussed this many times on your show. If you're, you know, unless you're someone who's already famous and running a book, it, it's, it's probably not likely that you're going to make a ton of money off of it. However, what it does do, as, as you've mentioned several times, is it creates awareness about your expertise. It um, is becomes kind of what I call like a a comp card that you would have as an actor, or um, it's kind of your 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 big your your big business card to to get a speaking gig. So it's kind of your leverage to get options in your life: um, speaking, consulting, being an expert coach, or what you're doing. Right. Um, so you have to do it for the love of doing it. I think. Um, uh, versus looking some monetary outcome. Um, like I said, my why, why was I'm fascinated that just that you just love to write, right? And that is that might be your why. I don't know. What is your why? Mine? Um, it's because I love to write and I couldn't possibly stop myself from writing them. And I love the idea of taking some of the things that like you know, we were just saying we didn't grow up saying we were aligned with anything, taking the things that we've learned in our lifetimes and letting a, another person go through that journey. I think it's important to see it from a fictional perspective. And, you know, lots of people aren't reading self-help books. So I want to give them something that they're actually getting some of those actionable tips while, you know, reading something that's just fun. Yeah. Um, by the way, I love the new cover of your book. I know you had several iterations of it. So I think that looks exactly right. That's perfect. It looks, it's a great, it's a great cover. So thank you. Well. So yes, it's out, right? It's out now, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. up on uh, Amazon and on Barnes and Noble. So I'm very, Wonderful. very excited great. for people to get their hands on that. Yeah. Awesome. I will get one as well. Yeah. Thank you. 
um, yeah, I'd love to hear what you think about it too. No, for sure. Yeah, it sounds like a great story um, and a lot of nuggets in there too, I think from personal development. So wow, good for you. Yeah, thank you. And I love that you make it a happy ending. Uh, I can't. I don't see how as a writer you can make it an unhappy ending. Oh, yeah. So. I had um, with Braving the Shore this one. Uh, it was my last one, and I actually had people who would look at it and they'd read the back and they'd go, "Oh, there was a car crash." And I'm like, "It has a happy ending." Like I don't write sad endings, <laughs> so I think that's important for people to know. So I've just started just telling them. <laughs> um, so I want to share my turn the page with Corey tip. Resilience is one of the keys to being a successful author. You have to bounce back from rejection, criticism, etc. Is that something that you dealt with with your book or maybe at some point along your writing journey? Um, I just think I think in anything in life, when you put yourself out there, you're opening yourself up for criticism, right? Mm -hmm anything in the public eye, you know, even the show, right. Even oh, our yeah. content. So, so I think you just have to be, again, that goes to why, why did you do this? You know, why are, what is your message? You know, um, and just knowing really don't, um, entertain those ideas. You know, like when you hear about actors, they are like, I never watch my interviews or I never watch my show. Right. And I never read the critics. Right. Because, you know, my opening my Broadway play, why? Because, you know, you don't want to mess with their head. And I kind of would agree with the same thing on that. Um, now, if it's somebody that I respect uh, is close to me, a friend, husband, whatever it is, partner, um, and they have some good advice, Sure. I, you know, that I would be open to as far as myself on the book, I had one person read it and, um, she was like, wow. Um, there wasn't really anything like, wow. in there, you know, as far as like a new idea and I go, I, you know, I know I won't say her real name. Um, that was not the why I wrote it to tell my story. And I think we need to bring more connection in our life. Why? Cause of social media, I talk about how, um, ever since the internet got developed and we have smartphones, the incidence of suicide has gone up 30% every year and it's an all-time high. Direct correlation, no doubt, right? So yeah. it was about bringing awareness and getting people back to reality. In fact, there was even a moment in my book before, this is before COVID because then it got launched right before COVID. Um, I make a funny story about, yeah, eventually we don't have block parties anymore. Do you guys remember the block parties where you... You know, went to some cul-de-sac and everyone mm -hmm. brought macaroni salad and hot dogs and hamburgers and you brought horseshoes and music, big boomers were blasting and wiffle ball and whatever. And families are out there. You know, no one does that anymore. Um, so I made some joke. Yeah. The ones today are moms in, our, in the kitchen with her laptop. Dad's downstairs in his office with his iPad, the kids with his iPad or his, you know, video games in his bedroom. And they all have a cold hamburger, cold salad, and maybe you have a beer there. And they're all doing it on the, on the computer, like over like a Zoom. Mm -hmm. And little did I know that was really what happened, right? In a weird way. Um, yeah. So that was kind of funny. But, but the point is we are just, we are purposely disconnecting ourselves from life. Why? Amazon's great, but we no longer we've removed all our human touch points and our life as much as possible. Like literally we could sit at our desk all day long and never have to leave the house, you know? Yeah. You know, and, and that's, it's kind of like we're, we're driving ourselves to be these disconnected people by literally using technology in every form. Um, it's all good, but it's just about realizing you're human. You need to balance that out. Like, you know, it just, I'm just so worried about our kids from, 
the disconnection. So if they don't know any better, all they know is to connect to the phone. They don't know what emotional connection is because they never really experience it like you and I did, where you know you went out and played with friends or you did a lot of sleepovers. Uh, again, these are exaggerations. This is not absolute. But anyway, I, I took a whole sidetrack from your question. Sorry about that. That is, that is perfectly okay, because that actually connects with one of the extra questions I had that I was going to ask you. Um, but first, I wanted to say that um, you mentioned about you know the person saying that there was nothing really like new in your book. Um, and I think that's a major thing that authors worry about is that, you know, oh, my book is about forgiveness, for example. And I was sharing my personal story of forgiveness, but, you know, everybody's got a story of forgiveness and who's going to read that? Every person out there has a different story. And a lot of the things that we are learning along the way are going to be the same because that is what we as the human race need to learn. We all need to learn forgiveness. And each of us is doing that in a different way. And we all need to share those stories of, you know, for example, forgiveness. That way people out there who do connect with us personally can say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm glad she brought that up. That's not something that I had seen from that perspective, or that's not something I've heard about before. So I think it's important for us, even if that particular person didn't see anything new, what you put in your book is going to be new to some people. And it's also not going to be new to other people, but they're going to go, oh, I love how she said that. So I really wanted to bring that up to, you know, make sure that the authors out there understand, like, yes, it's still important, even if you feel like everybody's talking about it, or everybody's heard this. So I want to mention that. And then yeah, go very ahead. good point. There's, everybody's story is valuable. And, and even if it's just one person hears it, it was worth it. Yeah. I completely agree. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Um, so that what you were talking about connected up with my question. How can someone make more strategic connections um, like for their business? Because, you know, you're talking about um, how we can sit at our desk all day and just, you know, place our orders and it's all handled and it all comes to our house and all that. I'm an introvert and that has been like my lifelong dream. So <laughs> I can sit at my desk and I can get my work done and all the other things are happening around me. I love that, but I still need to make connections. So like this morning before our interview, I actually met up with another author. Author, We had coffee. We talked about being authors. We talked about our businesses. We discussed how we can help each other out. That was an important connection for our business. It was strategic. So how can people today find and make those strategic connections? Wow. Um, there's some, you know, I really encourage you to find a business group um, or peer group. I mean, there's a bunch of different ones out there. Um, I know when I was in Southern California, I, I was part of North American Women Business Owners, which was was huge. But then within it, you could get uh, a close group of eight women um, mm -hmm. that you could be part of that could met on a regular basis. And that was just great, really, from a networking perspective, building friendships, um, business ideas, you know, there's like that. There's up here in uh, Northern California, I'm part of uh, Polka Dot Powerhouse, which is, again, uh, women business owners. We meet on a regular basis. I actually have a leadership position where I'm the event planner. Um, so that offers several different opportunities on a monthly basis. Um, if you really want to get kind of determined about your business, and it's not just about social and networking, and you're really looking for camaraderie to build your business and, and take it to the next level, um, 
I encourage you to get into like a peer business advisory group. I'm actually running one in the in the Bay Area. It's it's called um, Bay Area Chief Entrepreneur Business Owner Business Leader Group, and it's going to be a maximum of 16 people. We meet monthly, uh, non competing businesses, but it's truly the purpose is not not. I mean, it's not designed to network. It's about to get in your face and say, okay, Corey. You talk about this problem since the day we met and you're not doing anything about it. So we're going to ask you to make a big decision here. and We're going to keep you accountable. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really challenging everybody to be their greatest in business. And in the result of that, you also challenge yourself and you grow personally. So um, I put it together or, or leverage a platform just because I was like, wow, I wish I had it when I was growing my business. Uh, I wasn't aware of it. Um uh, and so now I'm just really passionate. I'm like one of the few women that lead these groups uh, mm-hmm. in the nation. Um, and I'm really wanting to have more women as part of this group because I think more women need to be aware of it in order to benefit from it and truly grow your business. It's like it's talk about it takes it to the 10x level. It's just I, I, it's just it's really rewarding to see these people really uh, grow. So um so look around. Um, there might be a peer business group around near where you are. Um, obviously, in the Bay Area, I'd be very happy to support you and have a conversation, see if it's a mutual fit. Um, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, Polka Dot Powerhouse, NABU, NAWBO. There's a lot of other women entrepreneur groups. It just depends on what you're looking for. So lots of good up. But get out there. And even if it's just, you know, meeting somebody for coffee on a regular basis, meeting a new person uh, for coffee on a regular basis is, is I, I love what you did this morning. I I'm also I'm big on one-on-ones too because I think you get more of a, a exchange and a connection than necessarily always meeting in a group. But groups are powerful for giving you new ideas and really challenging you. Yeah, yeah, I I love what, how you answered this, um, and I think overarching it sounds like when you are trying to you know get out there more, it's not just leaving the house; it's having an intention. So that's how you can decide where you need to be. And, you know, if that one-on-one coffee is going to make sense. I've had plenty of people say, oh, we should get together for coffee. And I have to say, all right, is this going to be a business connection? Or are we just getting together because, you know, I need a friend, which is okay, too. Right, exactly. Right. Yeah. It's setting your intentions or setting expectations are important. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. So I want to share my make an impact tip with Corey. Impact should always be a goal for your nonfiction book, your book for your brand. Um, And that's because you want to make sure that your book is connecting with your audience. Your book is something that your audience needs to hear, not just I want to tell my story, which is a good goal to have is telling your story, but also understanding the pieces of your story that you can select that are going to connect most with your audience. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's great to tell your story, but it's not all, it's not all about you. It's about how does, how can you help m- that message resonate with others to help others in that situation or to give them hope or optimism or healing or suggestions or, yeah. So I love that. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that, um, you know, you personally wanted to tell your story, but you wove it into how it can work with your brand and how it's going to impact leaders. So I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. It was so wonderful talking to you about your book and your business and getting all your tips. Great to be here, Corey. I loved the conversation. We had some really great tips and discussions, I think. So um, it was a joy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, I'm going to send Kimberly back to the green room so we can wrap up. Bye for now. All right. Bye.
Yeah. So we got tons of great tips for the leaders out there today and, um, you know, how you can impact with your story. And I also wanted to share that you can grab a copy of my free guide for connecting with your audience through story at the link below bit.ly serve dash with dash story. So you can head over to my website and grab that. And please make sure that you join us for future episodes of Page Turner Studio with Corey. We're on every Wednesday at seven Pacific, nine central, or if you're in Pittsburgh like me or somewhere along the East Coast, we're at 10 a.m. Eastern time. So thank you for joining me again and make sure that every moment is a page turner. Thank you for joining me today. You can learn more about me, my products, and services at auroracorealispublishing.com. Make sure to join me for another episode every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Central on my globally recognized show, Page Turner's Studio with Corey. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together, we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.